You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. from carolinek.co and you're listening to snippets of genius if you're a client show guest weekly listener or friend of mine welcome back if you're new to the show it's great to have you here and i hope that this is exactly the inspiration you've been needing to become the person you most want to be each episode is your reminder that anything is possible I speak with the world's most impressive leaders, entrepreneurs, and innovators to share their stories from the big lessons to the unbelievable moments of taking their ideas global. Our conversations are your guide to burst your next opportunity wide open. And there is no podcast if we do not have the king himself, King Benny, that's Ben Collins. He's come back to share with us more pearls of wisdom of how he's gone and taken his work from all the way early days South Africa, I think it was, and then down to London, and then across to working with some of the biggest brands in the world, delivering epic video content that not only changes people's opinions of brands, but engages them and creates loyalty like never before. Ben, welcome back to the show. What a fabulous intro. Thank you very much. Pleasure. You make it so easy. You do. (laughs) Charmer. Oh, I'm so happy to have you back on the show because there is no one quite like you, Ben, and you always have a good story to tell. But I'm going to kick us off with what does genius mean to you? I think there's something natural about genius, something that comes freely, naturally, easily that really separates it out. Now, I suppose the the way that I understand genius is that, and I might be offending lots of people here, but I think I've really only met one real genius he was my old business partner Matthew in fact I saw him last week for a quick drink he now lives in Lisbon I think that is the only time that I've been in the presence of real natural creative genius when I first met him we were in a bar we were I think we had we were were at a, a karaoke night of which I'm particularly partial to and there was a girl across the bar that he particularly wanted to talk to and rather than do the sort of the classic you know go over and drop a uh a, a rubbish chat up line which is what i used to try and do he drew this elaborate cartoon on a napkin of them two talking um no. and, and went over and gave it to her and just the firstly the confidence to do it the ability to do it to this a really elaborate cartoon but the the spur of the moment creativity to do that i remember thinking okay well that that's kind of different and then when i started working with him you realize you know obviously i work most of the time i've worked in in a creative industry and you just see him i used to see him sort of just take on a creative project and just instantly it was that instant thing that he just used to 
transform a creative project a vision instantly and you could just tell it flowed through it's almost god-given talent that was when i was like that's genius so you know <laughs> ten thousand hours or you know your 10 years or whatever it might be i think getting to the point that you could do something react to situations and do something instantaneously with that sort of that certain flair for me is a real sign of genius love it what's one piece of advice that you would give your younger self Buy some Bitcoin. Really? That's very interesting after it's just nosedived. No, buy Bitcoin. I mean, if I put a grand in Bitcoin when I started in 2010, that's two years after I started DHP, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be, I'd, I'd be <laughs> on the moon. I would have built a colony on the moon, something. But the, the point behind that is it's, it's investing. And I, it's a boring point, but God almighty, it's the one piece of advice I really would give myself. You know, my family never taught me this, which is ridiculous. But actually investing your money, you know, when we started, when, when I started actually turning over some cash at the business, I lived a great life, <laughs> fabulous life. Uh, but actually, <laughs> if I could go back to it now, I think when I was, when I was in my early 20s, it was buying a house. That, that was pretty much the sum of the financial advice that me and my friends got. If you buy a house... Yeah. Or you start investing in a house or your parents give you money to buy a house. That would be your nest egg. And, you know, mm-hmm. that was all we had. You know, if somebody had told me that actually you could be investing in, you know, tracker funds, anything, or you could be, you know, sort of putting little pieces of your money into different things and sort of growing a passive income, that would have been a game changer for me. So it's boring. But I think that's the uh- first piece of advice I'm going to give my daughter, I tell you. Very good. Now, just before we got onto this conversation, you mentioned 250 something hours. Tell me again what you've done. Oh, our, our pre-podcast chat, me talking about myself, Caroline, doesn't sound like me. Yeah, I, I so about four years ago, I decided that I needed to lose a bit of timber and and get in the gym. And now I've become a complete bore who works out every day and insists on telling everybody about it. So today will be the 251st day that I've worked out in a row. So I've got my Apple Watch, by the way. That I mean, you know, if you could talk about one thing that changed your life, I hate to say it, but this thing, that, that the accountability this gives you, you know, I, I, I share sort of the, the rings with people. You share the, what are the rings? I don't have an Apple Watch. What does that mean? They've got three rings. So you could, you could set your own targets, but basically it's how many calories you burn, how many hours you stand and how much exercise you do a day and you can share that with people so you can compete with people on it and that's just I would say it's become one of my many obsessions since I've become a little bit more cleaner living love it and how's Mm. your cleaner living doing have you hit any of your goals for your personal health goals well, I suppose my only goal was to was to lose weight, and I've I've definitely done that. I'm still not there yet. I would say I've probably got. By the way, do you work in stone? I work in stone, and everyone thinks I'm a caveman for working in stone. No, that's that's British. That's normal. That's just yeah. yeah. That's how we do it. <laughs> so I am probably I think about maybe a stone, stone and a half away from my target weight. But it's taken a fucking long time, Caroline. It's taken me four and a half years to get to this point. I thought I would smash this in six months. It was six months for my wedding, and I thought I'll drop it all then. Four and a half years later, I'm still here. But it's it's going pretty well. You're fighting against DNA there and genetics (laughs) and just basically how you're built. And you're saying, no, I want to be like this. And the world is saying, no, you need to be like this. But you're putting in the hours and you're doing the work. And I have Mm. absolutely no doubt that you will get there, keeping up your positive habits. If we had to think about in the workspace, just flip this over to those 10,000 hours you were talking about, 
if you found that you need to go those extra miles, keep up those positive habits in work to get yourself to where you want to be? I think work has always become a little easier to me than, say, exercise and the healthy living. In fact, actually, I'd say some of my best days were when I was playing just as hard as I worked, actually. But, you know, I got to the point of my age where I wasn't able to keep that up for so much longer. And I think actually, really, the reason for sort of going clean living or cleaner living, I can't say I'm fully clean was just that actually it was it was impacted by work ultimately and like like I said I'm either in or out so when I'm when I'm out I'm out 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 I'm out 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 <laughs> and you know that worked for a while but ultimately I couldn't keep it up so I thought you know work and and the career and what I wanted to do took precedence so I sort of I stopped I stopped the drinking became a complete bore you keep mentioning this complete bore. This sounds oh, like it's a, true. It's a complete advice. bore. It's a complete bore. I'm fine with it. I'm very happy with it. But yeah, I'm a complete bore. You can ask my friends. They don't think I'm as, as exciting anymore and I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about when you feel most engaged and motivated it's, in your work. There's nothing more motivating than getting a big win in and feeling that you're on the precipice of something huge, of, of a complete change. You know, th- th- there's nothing more motivating than that. So... I'm always really G'd up when you know, a really big project comes in, a potential project comes in, we win a project, or even a client comes back to us and says they love something. You know, we've done a couple of projects recently where the clients called us and said, you know, this this completely changed everything that we've done. It's amazing. You know, then that, you know, I I'm fire. Yeah, I, I I'm you know, I'm fired up for the day. I can't believe it. Because you know, the other thing about starting a business is it's lonely. And, you know, you're very much by yourself and you've, and something I've always loved is that, you know, I've always had the confidence to, to always feel that I'm in the right and know exactly what I'm doing, whether that's true or not. But ultimately owning a business can be quite an isolating place. So when you get validation of that, there's nothing like it. You know, I'm a needy fucker. I want that validation. <laughs> However confident I am, I want that validation. So when somebody says you've done great or, we believe in you so much. We're going to give you this project that's going to send you around the world and pay you loads of money, and you're going to do some fantastically creative stuff. That, I mean, you just can't. You just you cannot replicate that feeling. That feeling is everything to an entrepreneur. <laughs> so, talk to us about one of your biggest achievements. I'm trying to think of my biggest achievement. You know what? I, I, I think we had a really big achievement recently. We were asked to do a metaverse type experience by Kink who are a PR agency client of ours. They were working with Timberland and we sort of developed a huge metaverse styled experience for Timberland within a couple of months. And I think that, that was great for a couple of reasons. Firstly, they said it couldn't be done and we did it. But also I think, you know, True Group, which is one of my businesses, we're very much looking to the sort of Web3 next generation experiences. And I think the way that we handled that and the output we did really proves that we are now a big player in that sort of metaverse web three digital um, playground, that, that landscape. And so I was really, really proud of the team. Like we really came through on that one. I'm going to pick up on what you said of that. It can't be done or Mm. people think it can't be done. And the fact that you pushed that through in just a couple of months, which sounds like a fast turnaround for any creative Mm -hmm. project. So just tell us a little bit about the hard moments. I'll be honest, actually, it wasn't quite as hard as I predicted that one. We had a, a similar job last year 
I won't name it. I think that's probably, you know, if you're talking about pressure, that, that was a really, really tough, that was a hard, hard job, a, a lot of pressure. Really, the only way of dealing with pressure is to relieve the problem. And the best way of relieving the problem is to try and get your people management right and everyone on, on the same page and to get it done together. But ultimately, you know, the best way of relieving pressure is just not to get into that point in the first place. It's actually okay. just to have, it's, it's just to have as many systems and processes in place so that you can preempt all these things so that you never have to come to this high pressure pressure situation right so and do you think you've nailed it all those systems and processes no of course not of course not (laughs) can you tell Um, us one that you you think does work well suggest i you know i although i love to take other people's glory you know my business partner my work wife patrick is the the expert at sort of putting all these processes in place. So I think from a project management point of view, I mean, there's so many to go through, but I I think ultimately having a centralized project management system and, and a sort of a, a play, what's it, what's it called? A play, what's it? Playbook? A playbook. Having a playbook that everybody knows and everybody, nobody has to think about, oh, what do I do with this? You know, the playbook is so well known. They can think about the creative stuff or whatever they're doing. And ultimately, the playbook will take care of the rest. I think that for me, the one that always helps would be just just scheduling your day is actually just putting in those meetings with yourself in the day. I think planning your week, making lists of what you've got to do, breaking down big projects, big tasks into smaller tasks. And, and putting them into a, a to-do list and then actually planning certain half an hour, hour slots, half an hour or hour slots in your week to fill. You know, it's, it's old school, it's simple, but it's, there's, there's no better way of being able to go through your list and try and avoid getting into last minute scrambles. Perfect. So how do you mm. define success for you? I'm old school, it's impact. Like I said, I wanted to get into video production because I wanted someone on the other side of the world to see a piece of art, piece of work that I had done. So actually success is global impact and impact is attention. As you know, I'm a big attention seeker. More of that, please. Uh, That would be success to me. (laughs) Love that. What three big lessons can you share for people who are looking to make that big impact? What could you advise them? My first thought is that, and it's, it kind of surprises me. When I think of the profile of a future leader, I think the last thing they need is someone like me giving them advice, which is strange, which is interesting, right? It's almost like I, I never thought I'd have uh, so much confidence in the leaders of the future. I just thought they'd all be a bunch of kids and they don't, they're not nearly as good as me. But actually, when you ask me that question, I think the world has changed so much, especially the way that people interact with digital channels digital communication as well as new business but you know if I was to sort of try and bore them with my three points I think the first one that I've been amazed with is now the power of of niche of niches of of knowing your niche and, and and the power of your passions I suppose so I think with future leaders or people who want to be future leaders I think don't overlook those sort of small weird passions that you have that you think you couldn't make money on or couldn't be improved i think more so than anything today i think there is gold in finding your niche and finding a tribe of people who understand your oddities and your nicheness and and the world is so packed with full of different products that it really sort of takes you to be passionate and understand a niche to 
to be able to, to move it forward and, and sort of make a difference. Oh, so that's suppose, a wonderful piece of advice. It's a great okay. one. Thank you. The other one, which is an old school one of mine, is is never to do it alone. If you want to become a future leader, don't think of yourself as a leader in isolation. I think it's very difficult. I think you have to be a really special person or you have to have real special circumstances to be a leader individually. I think you need to buddy up with people who amplify your skills. I still haven't met anybody who would be able to build a business and an idea purely on their own shoulders. They always have somebody, a team, a partner, somebody who who can help them make that journey because it can get pretty wild out there, I would say. So that'd be my second piece of advice. And the third one is is people management. And again, sort of going back to my second point, that might not be you. You might not be a people person. But when I sort of look through my career and, and where it's gone and how I've done it, I think it's it's networking and people management that's got me to where I am today. And I think if you want to become a future leader, I don't think you can do that without navigating communities, groups of people, etc. Now, it, it's not quite as simple as old school networking. It's it's almost every single day in your life. It's the way that you, you know, I think as work and life sort of become closer and closer together, and I think there are more entrepreneurs than there ever have been today. I think work-life balance is more blended than it ever has been. I think your your interactions with people in outside of work, almost become the same as your interactions with people inside of work. You know, the, the old classic, your your network is your net worth. I think that becomes more important than ever now. So I think that would be my other thing is always see opportunities to have fun, to communicate with people, but how you can obviously work with people to build and grow and do some fun things. Wonderful. They are three great ones. So I think for one of the things you touched on there, as well as being able to surround yourself with the right people, have the right network, is actually having the right support. You mentioned about getting people that amplify your skills, your strengths, your abilities. Talk to us a bit about the support you've had while building your five businesses. Mm. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, I've had loads of support. I think the first person that supported me was my, my stepfather, Nick. Shout out to Nick. You know, he was the first person who sort of gave me the confidence that I could start a business and very much taught me through, you know, you need to go to company's house. You need to do this. I was like, no idea. I remember I was a sort of a bit of a black swan in my 20s, having started a business at what, 22, 23. None of my friends who I had went to school with or uni with did anything like it. And, you know, there's times that people thought I was completely mad. So the, the support usually just came in the, in, the, in the sort of form of financial support. And I remember my friends that used to buy me a beer, <clears throat> you know, old girlfriends who used to take me to the cinema or, or help me out, you know, when I needed it financially. But as you get older and you sort of meet with other people and you sort of, like I said, you build those networks, you start to meet other people who understand a little bit more what you're doing, have done it themselves. And when you meet those people there, you know, they're always keen to try and help you. There's a sort of like a, an unspoken, I suppose, thing of entrepreneurial people wanting to help on other entrepreneurial people. But I suppose it's all part of the network building. If you can help someone, they can help you. It's not sort of quite, you know, I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. It's more a sort of a, a camaraderie between people who want to do well, who want to sort of grow together and be ambitious together. And it took a few years to find people like that. But when I did, you know, I now have friends, all sorts of friends and people I know who have started businesses and we all support each other in many different ways. You know, I'll, I'll get people reaching out who know me as the the creative marketing guy who said they saw something or they know someone and they'll put me in touch. You know, I, I, it's uh, it's that sort of support. But I, I would say at the beginning, it, you can't deny it. Financial support is really important. 
like you know i know it's not particularly romantic but but ultimately that was the real support i got and so what was your deciding factor to to launch multiple businesses to go from dhp into new territories so i think when you start a business it's it's addictive in many different ways you know when when you become your own boss which i suppose i i always felt a, a natural disposition to be and you start feeling it work and you sort of get the benefits as i said it's hard work but you get the benefits of it you start to crave more, you know, and one of the best things about being an entrepreneur is when you get a big win and you start actually, you know, you start living the life that you want to, you start taking charge of your own time. You start actually really taking ownership of projects. You start really creating things. That's an addictive feeling. And so you want more of it, to be honest, you know, you want more success, you want more growth, more creation. And obviously being an entrepreneur and being in this entrepreneurial circles, you start to, and also just being sort of top level on things, you know, you, from being a business owner, as you grow, you start to become, or you start to sort of be in charge of more important decisions. You start to meet more important people and you start to see other opportunities that you can get involved in. So to sort of, to try and satisfy the addiction that you now have of creating things and doing fun things and being in charge of stuff as well as your own life, you start to seek out more opportunities to, to fulfill that satisfaction. And, you know, the other thing is, this is not quite as exciting, but certainly in what I did, you know, which was my first job, my first company was a film production business. You know, being in the creative industries, you realize that, going back to niches that you know it's quite difficult to grow a company that is a you know a, what's the saying a master of all or you know sort of what's, jack what's of the, all trades or something a jack of all trades company you know that that sort of company is difficult to build you know there are companies like it but you sort of find that you know as we were doing film production you know a lot of our other work you know we would start to be involved you know people because we were we had an award-winning we still do have an award-winning animation department people would ask us to be on video games so then you become the film production video game company now that's quite actually quite difficult for people to comprehend and you know when you're looking at marketing messages people have less and less time to be able to understand who you are what you do and choose you to be able to supply or do something having those sort of mixed messages in your company becomes harder and harder for you especially as a small and medium-sized business becomes harder and harder for you to be able to to get your message across who get your identity across so you know, starting multiple businesses businesses is also just a product of being able to have a skill set like creativity. You know, we were great at film production. We were great at video game production or animation. You know, how do you get that across? How do you target the people that want that? Well, you start another business doing it. Nice. And where do you see yourself in five years? I don't think I see myself in this country. Oh, mm. are you going to come to Italy? I might come closer. You're not going to tell me where. <laughs> I'm thinking Lisbon. Oh, I love Lisbon. Oh, mm. it's such a wonderful city. For everyone listening to this, Lisbon is the best place in Europe. Sorry, I know it's not in Italy. It is For me, it's the best place in Europe. I think when you ask that question, that's all, that's all I can think of. But yeah, where, where would I see myself in five years? I'd see myself, you know, I think you, Jen, our new business will be off the ground and running well. I think the, the agency, the marketing agency we're doing would be fully immersed in Web3. I feel like I would have my office that I want. And, you know, you, the, the guys don't have to come in and join me, but hopefully they would have. Well, you're going to make just, it so pimping. They're going to want honestly, to come and join you. It's going to have the best gym. It's going to have podcast studio, film studio. That That's what we want to start building. Epic. But I, I, I think the world's quite 
world's quite in a, in a quite a tough place right now. So in five years' time, do I where do I see myself? I, I think the only thing I can say with surety is I don't see myself here. I tell you, if you go to Lisbon, you're back to being out, 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 out. Out, 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 because that place is party central. <laughs> There's no opportunity to stay in. No, no, yeah, no. I know. Well, yeah. we'll have to see how I navigate that. <laughs> so you've told me this answer in a previous podcast. You can go back and listen to Ben's first ever podcast with me. And he was with my episode one, series one. He then rejoined us again a bit later in the show, back in series four. Now go and have a listen to them and you will hear some of the amazing music tracks that Ben has given us. But Ben, if you could throw one more in the mix, what would it be? If you were to look at my Spotify end of year wrap up, it's pretty much the same genre. It's sort of the French electro stuff that i like to run to and that that gets me pretty pumped i think the album only came out a couple of years ago but movement by sebastian he's like a french dj you know that that makes me want to that makes me want to smash people in the face i love it the link will be in the show notes for that one fantastic what are your top go-to resources to inspire you to do that next level piece of work i don't have much of an attention span i like short sharp easy to read things you know i'm always thinking i've got to do something i just like short sharp stuff so you know my 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 resource at the the moment entrepreneur twitter you know you find the guys on entrepreneur twitter i i love it so people like sahil bloom james clear you've got i mean you know the problem is when you start following these guys twitter just becomes solidly that but i think you know getting little entrepreneurial business tips in that short form format is addictive i'm all over it Another resource, by the way, is is audiobooks to sleep. This has been a game changer for me. I think one of the things being an entrepreneur is you're always thinking about stuff. You know, it gets to about 10, 11 o'clock. I go to bed as I should, and it's quite difficult to turn off. And actually, fictional audiobooks at night with Audible. I have not slept without an audiobook in four years now. It's game changing. Love that one. That's perfect. Okay, so just thinking now about over these 18 years, Ben, I can't believe it's been that long. Wow, I'm an 18 old man years. Now. You are getting old. Mm. So, those 18 years, and you've seen a lot of things change, a lot of things move. What old practices do you think businesses need to shift to achieve success today? I think after the pandemic, Caroline, I think everybody's reflecting on that. And I think there's been so much, so much of this discussion. You know, how do we work together? Do we work remotely? And I would say the only thing that I'm finding is to listen more to the new generation of people coming in. That's definitely something I've found is actually, I think maybe in older practices, there's a very structured hierarchy. As I get older, and maybe this is just me hitting true midlife crisis phase, I'm realizing that new trends, new innovation is being driven by the consumption and the trend setting of, of the of a new generation and to not listen to that and to not move with them seems to be a huge mistake and i think you know the, the classic example of that is remote working you know i do not want to work remotely particularly i want an office i want everyone to be together but i i'm now realizing that it can't just be the old the old adage of me being the owner of the business expecting people to come with me on that journey and to do what I want to do. Actually, it has to be a much more democratic decision. Oh, it's such a lovely philosophy. It's funny, I I was speaking to somebody yesterday and they said, you can be a democracy in business in the sense that you can hear everyone, you can listen to everyone. But at the end of the day, we're not a democracy. I'm the leader, I'm the boss, I'm the one putting everything on the line. So it's what I say goes. And I kind of love that. What they said is totally right. 
you know, business can't be a full democracy because you'd never get anywhere, but your decisions at the top needs to be informed by those guys. You know, what I want, I know is vastly different to what everybody who works for me wants. If I was just to go ahead with what I want, I wouldn't have much of a team. I wouldn't get, you know, I, w- I wouldn't get anywhere. So ultimately, yes, I make the decisions on stuff. I think that has to happen. But those decisions need to be informed by everyone else in the team. So I think, I think in both senses, we're right. I think there has to be someone making decisions, but those decisions has to be based on a census between what's best for the business from Lovely. everyone. Lovely. Tell us what you're working on now. So we are continuing to grow the agency. We're specifically looking at Web3, next generation marketing. You know, I think you know, true group, we are a digital marketing innovations agency. And part of that innovation is using new digital tech. So like I said, we've been working with some companies of brands on our Web3 stuff, which is kind of exciting, Metaverse, NFTs, which is probably quite a dirty word now. So we just call them digital tokens, which I think have huge, huge possibilities for brands in the next few years. But also working on a new project called UGen, which is a, a platform to, to create social content. So not to bore you too much, but we've actually just built the first version of a, of a social media content generating platform you talk about you know why would you start what's the driver of starting five businesses well it's because i see an opportunity to create better content for social channels as well as it's not created by me it's created by people who who ingest the content as well i think specifically for brands online tiktok instagram there is a better way of doing it and we have built that first platform So, you know, look out for it. It's going to be game changing. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Great stuff. Okay. And so where can people find you? If they want to contact you and get in touch, where's the best place to look? LinkedIn is definitely where you find me. If you want like someone who never uh, says anything is like a really weird voyeur type person who just hangs out in the background, find me on Twitter. I like lots of stuff and I don't input at all. Yeah, I'd say those two platforms are where to find me. And your handle? I think I'm at Twinkle Toes Ben because of my twinkle toes and LinkedIn, I think Ben Collins. Very good. And if you had one ask for the listeners, what would it be? My one ask is to just fucking do it. Honestly, the amount of people I've heard who had great ideas and have asked me for advice and have not done it because they are worried about money or whatever, just do it. Honestly, just, just go ahead and build, build small, build in your spare time. You will not regret it. You won't regret it if you do it properly. It's been amazing to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on Snippets of Genius. Thank you very much, Caroline. Lots of love. And that's a wrap for this week. But before I go, can I just remind you that you can also watch snippets of these episodes on YouTube. I really hope this was an episode that helps you on your journey. So please continue to spread the learnings as you take them from this series. And remember, there is no silver bullet. Opportunities are there for you. So chase your dreams with the knowledge you can do anything you set your mind to, because anything is possible. Stay curious and enjoy every minute of the journey, and I'll see you very soon. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.